from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 309. Today's show is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile and Pingdom. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, Mike. Hello. Old school intro. I love I know. it. I know. I had to, you know, I don't do this very often, so I had to really think to myself what show I was doing an intro for sure. at that moment, because, you know. I'm old now, so uh, I forget these things. No Stephen today. Uh, Stephen mm. had a plumbing emergency. Mm. <laughs> it's just not a good thing to have. No. <laughs> Let me tell you, plumbing emergencies. Uh. So me and Stephen were talking a couple of days ago because we have a call every Monday. Um, it's our stand-up because we're a business, you know, so we have a mm. stand-up on a Monday. What's morning for him, afternoon for me. And uh, I think he had to move it. Oh, oh, we had to skip it. I don't even remember now. Who knows? Uh, and he, because he, he was having um, his fuse box changed. Okay. Like something like electricity-wise. I have no idea what that is, but okay. Um, you know when your lights go off and you have to flick a switch to get them to come back on? Yeah. Because it's tripped to fuse. Yeah. So that's a fuse box. But right? I, what's, I, I don't know what, what, I don't have a fuse. Like, is that an object that you're supposed to have? Like, what does it look like? Okay, so let me Google fuse, fuse box. box. Or like so. breakers, you know, like circuit breakers, I think they're called in America. Fuse box. Yeah. Is it called fuse box? Um, okay, yeah, I do have this. Yeah. So he okay. had that replaced, I believe, because ah, okay. all okay. electricity. And I think he, we had a conversation about something along the lines of, oh, you're always having stuff changed over. You'll probably be okay for a bit. Two days later, basically, from what I can gather, Stephen just has no plumbing now, is what, what I was able to gather oh uh, from his situation. So I believe in, in my heart of hearts that all connected listeners should be sending messages of actual real support to Stephen at this time. So mm. I would suggest that everybody tweets at him of like, we support you, Stephen, and then your favorite plumbing-related emoji. Plumbing, yeah, plumbing or water-related mm -hmm. emoji. Yeah, so you could send and, him a toilet or you could send him right. a shower, um, and then you could do one better when it comes to support, and you could donate to St. Jude because that's oh. what you should be doing, everybody should be doing right now. Go to stjude.org slash relay. Um, I'm really excited uh, because we've had a great week so far um, and I'm super, super thankful for everybody that has donated so far. Um, I'm just bringing up the page now, Federico, so I can tell our listeners that we are at $24,400 raised, which is That's absolutely fantastic. Um, I am so, so thankful for everybody that has donated any money so far. Uh, but there's a lot more of you that can. And let me tell you a little bit about why uh, you should do that. St. Jude is an incredible place and they do incredible things. And we are working with them throughout uh, August and then into September uh, because September is Child Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so this is the time that we, where we want to work with them and we get together uh, to make sure that we're doing what we can to try and help these children that need it. Between 180,000 and 240,000 children are diagnosed every single year with cancer, which is an unbelievable amount 
Uh, treatments invented at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80% since it opened more than 50 years ago. And St. Jude's mission is to not stop until no child dies from cancer. So you can support St. Jude's life-saving mission of finding cures and saving children during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month by going to stjude.org relay. That is stjude.org relay to donate now. And we're doing some fun stuff this year. We've really upped our game. So we've mentioned already that we're doing the podcast of fun from 2 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Friday, September 18th at twitch.tv slash RelayFM. But when you're on this, our donation page, you'll see that we've put in a bunch of milestones this year. Mm. And when we hit the milestones, we're going to be doing special streams or releasing videos. So the, net, the first one that we're going to hit is when we hit $25,000, which I think will happen at some point today. Uh, Stephen is going to release a video that he's done called uh, "Identifying Laptops by Feel." Mm. Didn't okay. he? Do, I think it was dongles that he did this with a while yeah. ago. He was blindfolded. He likes to touch electronics when so he has a blindfold something. and he yeah. has his wife involved. It's it's kind of strange that he wants to show his <laughs> thing to the world, but like you know, <laughs> you do you, my friend. You know, if that's what you want to do, then you go yeah. for it. Uh, but that's that's Stephen's special thing uh, that he gets to share with all of us. We all have ours. Mm-hmm. Sure. We, all, we all have <laughs> our thing. And <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so he's done one about laptops. Uh, I have watched the video already, and uh. he's going to re- release that on the Fire 12 Pixels YouTube channel uh, when we pass that first milestone. Uh, and then we have a, a bunch of other streams that we're going to do. The next one after that is going to be something that I'm going to do. So when we hit... $30,000 raised. I'm going to do a Twitch stream showing my iPad setup, kind of like these are the apps that I use. This is how I have them arranged and do a kind of Q&A like thing on that. So that's the first thing. When we hit $70,000, Stephen is going to live stream installing his Mac Pro wheels that he bought. So he did buy them. He did buy them and he's not putting them on his Mac Pro until we hit $70,000. And when we do hit okay. it, he's going to live stream it. So we we need to hit we must. I mean, it, it must happen at yes. this point. And when we hit 100,000, we're going to try and play Microsoft Flight Simulator. Okay. Which is the thing these days, right? People which is the thing these days. Flight Simulator. Um, and then uh, these are some things that we're doing as when we hit certain milestones, but we're also going to be doing some streams at, for timed events as well. So uh, this coming this Friday, so that's going to be August 28th, at 11 a.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash RelayFM, uh, Stephen and myself are going to be playing Untitled Goose Game for your enjoyment, mm-hmm. so you can check that out there. So this is the theme of September, right? We're raising money, and we're having fun while we do it. So we're going to be doing loads of stuff as we get up towards uh, the podcast-a-thon itself on September 18th. So once again, so go to stjude.org slash relay to donate, and we'll be very, very thankful for that. I uh, have the pleasure of being a part of many um, text threads and channels with you. Okay. Uh, and one, in one of them today, you uh, said that you were going to be going back to Apple Arcade. Ah, uh, they got me again. And I think I told you this a while ago. Like, if once they have that game that I really want to play, I guess at that point I will be forced mm-hmm. to subscribe again. Well, 
it looks like that game is finally almost upon us, coming out tomorrow, I think, on Apple Arcade. The game is The Last Campfire. So The Last Campfire is a joint collaboration, I guess, uh, from Hello Games, and uh, so the makers of No Man's Sky, obviously, and the developers of Lost Winds. Lost Winds was a really, really good and beautiful and fun um, platform game that came out on the Wii years ago, and then you can also find it on PC, on Steam. Um, Not much is known about The Last Campfire, except that it looks fantastic, and Mm. I love the music, I love the atmosphere. When I saw the trailer, I believe last year, I fell in love with the with the look and the feel and, and yes again the atmosphere of this game immediately um it's a title that i really want to play i think it lends itself very well to being played on on an ipad pro it's also coming to playstation 4 and switch and xbox uh but i think this is the kind of game that i really want to play on an ipad um you know holding the display in front of me you know with these kinds of graphics yeah so this is coming out tomorrow on Apple Arcade. Uh, these are like some top-tier developers working on this game. And it's... Uh, my main point, I guess, this is the kind of game that I want to see more from Apple Arcade, as we discussed a few months ago. Um, not a, another 2D platform game, not another puzzle game, not another co-op multiplayer sports-like game. This is ex- exactly what I want to have on my on my iPad Pro with Apple Arcade, so I'm going to subscribe again. While I'm at it, I guess I will check out some of the other uh, new releases that I have missed lately. I think there's another, uh, what's it called, Samurai Jack uh, game that came out last week on Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll give it another try, and then I guess I'll see what happens if they do announce a bundle for Apple services maybe next month, maybe in October, whenever that is. if they do announce a bundle, I will get the bundle anyway. So, uh, but I really want to play this one. Uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, I love the developers behind this. So yeah, uh, they got me again with this one. We'll see if I find anything else worth playing. Yeah, Samurai Jack is apparently the the new one. There's also for people that like it. There's a Game of Thrones game that's meant to be pretty good, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. know because mm-hmm. I don't understand Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I really wish that I could. Um, I know that it's never going to happen, but you know the the game that everybody's playing on PlayStation these days, uh, Fall Guys? Fall Guys, yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to play that one. I want to um, play it too. I, I haven't yet, but it's been on my mind to play it. Yeah. Maybe I could I could actually maybe add that into it for a stream for some point, actually. I'm gonna can you play together down. with like another friend? I can don't you, know. Can you, yeah, because it's like I've seen some... Um, like so, so, some of the Twitch streamers that I follow that play uh, competitive Pokemon, they do like to play other things as well. And and I've seen some people play Fall Guys lately, and it looks very fun and messy and yeah. colorful, which is exactly what I want. Like I'm not shooting people for a change, which is nice. Nope. Uh, it's like cute. it's a battle royale game, which yeah. is just an obstacle course. Yes, and it looks very fun, and I love the design of the little creatures uh so yeah that one i'm probably gonna play as well i saw uh, a headline today that it's like the most downloaded um ps plus y- game of all time yeah yeah which is wild because it came out like what a month ago maybe On less i know PS that it plus, in- it's been out for a while this was like one of those things that was really interesting i'd never heard of this game and then a game journalist that i follow i don't remember who it was but i follow a bunch of game journalists was like mm-hmm. this game is coming out on ps plus it's going to take over the world because it's going to be free to people on PlayStation. And it immediately happened, right? Like mm-hmm. within a couple of days, 
it was all I was seeing. Um, and what I love is it's from like a, I think, a relatively small developer. Mediatonic, right? Yeah. And I, you know what? I think Shahid told us years ago that this was like a legit studio, that they were working on some crazy things. Maybe that's and once it. Again, once right. again, he was right. So. As always. As always. Yeah. If you don't know who Shahid is, you should. Shahid Amal Kamad is our co-host on Remaster, which is our monthly video game show that the three of us do uh, here on Relay FM. If you don't listen to it, you should check it out. The last episode was a history of the PlayStation Portable, <laughs> or the PSP, mm-hmm. as you may know. And go and listen to that. If you like hearing us talk about video games, that's the place to go to get it. Talking about video games. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm happy you're okay. back this week. <sighs> Because you? <laughs> you thought you could get away with it, but no, we're going to talk about Epic. Uh, I want to give a, a, a very quick update as to where we are today from where we were okay. last week. So uh, Apple threatened to pull Epic's developer accounts from the App Store. Basically, anything Epic-related was going to be kicked out on Friday, uh, August 28th at the end of this week. Epic filed a secondary legal thing, uh, I mean, basically a uh, restraining order on that. So that was that. Then, side note, Apple held up the WordPress iOS app, wanting them to put IAP for WordPress.com accounts into the WordPress application. This got out to the press. Then Apple changed course and apologized. Then we go back to Epic. Epic wins a temporary restraining order in court to stop Apple from terminating their developer account regarding the Unreal Engine. Uh, from this is from uh, the lawsuit. From, it was Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers said, "Epic Games and Apple are at liberty to litigate against each other, but their dispute should not create havoc to bystanders." Which I think is yeah. a e- excellent um, judgment to make. Uh, in the same ruling, uh, Judge Rogers, uh, Gonzalez Rogers, also ruled that Apple does not need to reinstate Fortnite to the App Store, which is another thing that Epic were asking for with the restraining order, saying, quote, the current predicament appears of Epic's own making, which is also completely mm-hmm. valid, right? Like, sure. Epic made this happen to themselves, right? Like, sure. they, they, they knew they broke, broke the rules. But there's still more to come. So what we've got here is just a temporary order. So... Epic and Apple will now create kind of like larger cases to work out if this is going to be a permanent order that Apple can't get rid of Epic's uh, developer account related to the Unreal Engine. This is going to be heard in September 28th. Uh, The original uh, case that Epic filed, so like going back to like when they actually had the lawsuit that they hit on that day when they got kicked out of the store, that could take like a year before that's heard in court because it's like a much, much bigger case. Now, so the thing is, right, so on Friday, uh, the Fortnite developer account could and probably will be kicked out of the store, but it doesn't really make a difference at this point because mm-hmm. Epic is not going to, they're clearly not going to update the application. Like, they're, they're just going to sit on this for a while, would be my assumption. Yeah. Um, and if we can, I mean, our assumptions, I think we are correct now in our assumption of like, if they get rid of the developer account, it doesn't get rid of the game for people, which was, you know, it's just like a question mark because this kind of stuff doesn't happen very much. Um, but this isn't going to, for the time being, or probably at all, honestly, uh, considering this initial ruling, uh, going to affect the Unreal Engine uh, account. So Apple can't get rid of all of Epic stuff. And, you know, to kind of paraphrase the case a little bit, it's like 
it's, it's a little bit spiteful. Like it's retaliatory. Like that was mm-hmm. the, the word in that sh- the, the, the judge used um, is that it was retaliatory on Apple's part to kind of want to get rid of all of it seemed a bit much, right? They have multiple developer accounts that things are related to. Uh, and uh, the new season of Fortnite starts this weekend and yep. it's not going to be on iOS or the Mac. So yep. I think there is a little bit there from from Epic's part that they're just deciding not to bring it to the Mac. Um, but it's within their right, right? Same reason as it's within Apple's right to say, get out of the store. It's within, Apple, it's within Epic's right to say, fine, your platform's not going to benefit from from our content. So that's kind of where we are. Um, mm. I've had a lot to say about this on this show and other shows, but I wanted to hear your thoughts because I don't really think you've expressed them uh, anywhere yet. Yeah. So uh, I just want to say up front that I tend to be in, in, in my life, I tend to be a person that follows the rules. However, I also think that in extreme situations, for the rules to change, you got to break the rules winningly it's something that i firmly believe and i have very complicated thoughts on on this whole saga this whole thing and i would like to start by discussing some of the um basic very basic ideas and very basic themes like i don't want to get into the technicalities of fortnite can it be redownloaded like uh, some basic ideas that i have so the first one that i would like to address is this idea that Epic um, is going after Apple, they're suing Apple, and some people are saying, well, why didn't you sue also Sony and Nintendo and console makers? After all, iOS devices are consoles. And I, I kept, first, when I, when I first saw these, these comments, I thought that people were joking. Um, then I saw that they were actually serious about it, uh, comparing iOS devices to consoles. Um, and that to me is, well, it's the wrong perspective, I will say. I will use this expression. Um, and that's because, like, there's a fundamental difference between a PlayStation and an iPhone. Um, there's a fundamental difference between an Xbox and an iPad, which is, you buy an Xbox and you buy a PlayStation and let's face it, you're going to buy them to put them under a TV and play video games. Whereas an iPhone is a computer and an iPad is a computer. And I don't think nobody needs to be educated on the differences between a console and a computer, right? We, we all know them. Um, this to me feels like a very convenient argument to make right now because until a few months ago and until a few years ago when it was convenient to say so iPhones were computers it's also worth noting that the the argument that John Gruber and others are making about console has included gaming consoles but also like the quote unquote term of console meaning like that it is like a closed thing um, or like that it is a heavily controlled thing but ultimately, can you I'm following... offer other examples of, of a closed computer that is not an iPhone? No. <laughs> See, that's the problem. I'm sure right? there are examples, and maybe you need a lot of computer history to get them. But the point that I'm making, like what the point I'm wanting to get to here is like I am agreeing with you in what you're what you're saying, what you're about to say. The iOS devices are computers. They are computers. 
it was convenient to call them computers when it was about, for example, comparing the number of Windows PCs sold mm-hmm. uh, and say, well, Apple is selling more computers if you count iPhones and iPads than the industry is selling PCs. So it feels to me like sometimes it's convenient to call them computers and other times it's not, which I think it's kind of funny and interesting Yeah, I mean, to Apple observe. calls the iPad a computer. They, they, all yeah, the time they, they call it a computer. They, they call they it a personal do. computer. They do. And um, a console, so... Let's say, well, uh, some people are saying, well, we don't mean a console in the sense of a gaming console. Of course, an iPhone and an iPad are not gaming consoles. No, we mean it in the sense of a closed platform. And, and, that's, my, and that's really my issue right now. Um, so it's perfectly in Apple's right to say, well, this is a closed platform and uh, we get to decide um, which kind of apps, which kind of software it runs. And to me, I think, and, and this is basically like some people will say, well, it's Apple Store. They they make their own rules and either you follow the rules or you don't. And we don't care. If you don't want to follow them, you're going to kicked out of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it, right? I get it. And But what I'm asking, so my, uh, you know, my basic question is, is this a great situation to be in? Like, I get it. Yes, it's let's let's call it a console, right? In the sense of a closed computer. But is it really something that you like? Like, do you think this is really a great situation to be in? Because let's and I guess this is the also another uh, key uh, problem. Some people, myself included, would argue that at this point, an iPhone should be considered an essential utility. Yes. Right? Yes, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Smartphones in general, but yes. Smartphones it, in general, and that yeah. includes the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, uh, I'm obviously I'm no lawyer. I'm no uh, antitrust historian, but I've been doing some reading on the side. And from what I understand, there's this idea of the essential facility doctrine, right? Which is the, the idea that um, some utilities are considered uh, essential to the, to the, to the public, to the market. And, you know, the theory goes that sometimes a monopolist creates these bottlenecks that basically prevent um, competitors from entering the market. And so you have these essential utilities that are essential to people. However, there can be no competition around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would argue that an iPhone falls under that, you know, that, that, categorization well i think if it maybe to try and expand out a little more so like one of the 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 key ones that's always spoken about here is like the railroads right Mm -hmm. so like if imagine that the iphone is the train tracks and the apps are the trains and if the company that owns the train track can decide which trains run on the train tracks it kind of Mm. stops the ability for there to be other people involved, right? And all of this stuff, exactly, all of this stuff gets way more complicated because Apple makes apps now in many of the areas Mm -hmm. that they're stopping their competitors from being in. That's what makes this whole thing as bad as it is. If Apple wasn't in a lot of these businesses, whilst it still wouldn't be great, you can kind of say like, you know, they're trying to do their store the way they want to do it and blah, blah, blah. But, like, they are creating situations where by the fact that they are the way they are with the App Store, it allows them to have a competitive advantage. Whether they're mm-hmm. doing it for that reason or not, it allows them for to have that ability. Yeah. 
So you look at the uh, you look at the app store, right? And when you consider the conflict of interest that there is between, say, something like Apple Arcade and Microsoft wanting to bring something like Game Pass to the App Store, um, I mean, it's uh, or Apple Music and Spotify. What's the last time that you saw Apple, you know, on the App Store um, advertise the latest update to Spotify? And I mean, of course they won't because they have their own <laughs> uh, not a lit- not a litigation going, but you know, Spotify complaining publicly about Apple, so they're never gonna do it. Um, but basically, here's what I believe: I believe an iPhone is uh, uh, in 2020 well, you know, well over a decade into its life, should be considered an iPhone, just like any other smartphone, uh, an essential utility to everyday life. Unlike a PlayStation or a Nintendo Switch or whatever. And because it is an essential utility, I believe it, it, it is so important to make sure that there can be competition, there can be a diverse set of apps and software running on the iPhone. Now, I also get it. I, you know, I understand that the way that Apple designs iOS and iPadOS comes with certain limitations, certain technical limitations for security, for privacy, which I fully respect and endorse personally. But that doesn't stop competition from happening still because Spotify and Epic and Microsoft and Hey and all these other folks, they can make apps right? Make them run on the iPhone and respect the technical limitations of the sandbox and all the other things that Apple likes them to do. But the problem here is that y- you, you, you know, we, ha- we are now in the situation where developers, they either have to pay up a 30% fee or they, you know, if they want to do anything that's an alternative to that, they can't. And the risk of getting kicked out of the app store. And the big thing today is like, for what? For what? What's the right? fee for? Like, I believe that 30% is too high. It's just to have the ability to be on the platform. It's rent. Right? Yeah, exactly. And if it wasn't too high, then why some companies, uh, like Amazon, for example, get a special deal, Right. If it wasn't too high, they wouldn't be getting a special deal. But if they're getting a special <laughs> there'd deal... There'd be no deal to give, right? There'd be, an, there'd be no special qualifier so to fair. put in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Like, when everything is fair, there's no specialty about it. Like, it's just what it That's is. That's a very good point. Um, and yeah, yeah, like, why would you use it as a bargaining chip? You know? Which is what they used when they, you know, when they wanted things done by Amazon. If you're offering me... A deal, it means that there's something that isn't a deal for me. And so you're offering me a different version of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the definition of let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so my basic, so I'm, like, I like to think about all this stuff in very simple terms, right? Um, there's lawyers, it's complicated, I get it. But here's my basic question for you and everybody else. If you're Apple in this situation... Is this good for you? I can't understand how this is still happening at this point. Like, I, I cannot fathom it. Is this a great situation to be in? Like, no matter if you're, if you say, well, technically we are right and the law is behind us and we're going to win in court. Okay, fine. But like, looking at it from the outside, from a developer's perspective, from a consumer's perspective, 
is this a great thing to do? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it is. No, it's not. Like, and go ahead and fight Epic if you want to, right? Like, they, they've done what they've done. You can be happy about that or unhappy about that, whatever. But why keep doing this? Like, why keep trying to shake developers down, right? Like, yeah. This WordPress thing, it was something that Apple was progressing until the spotlight got turned back on them and then they're like, whoopsies, sorry, right? Mm -hmm. Like every couple of days, there is a new one of these stories, right? Like it keeps happening. I was thinking today when preparing for this show, I think it feels pretty clear that something changed internally at Apple in June of this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. like uh, that hay got caught up in and went public with it which then kind of outed all these other companies that were you know th- that have been having these problems or like you're hearing first second third hand from someone that they've had an app held up like it seems like something changed and now apple really wants this money they want their in-app purchase money more than ever I don't know why they've made that change and I don't know why they are so clearly sticking to it. And if the result of all of this is not some kind of change in the rules, they're setting themselves up for, for, for a, I think, a bad few years mm-hmm. at this point. And one of the reasons that I was thinking about the, thing, the fact that this stuff has changed or at least Apple's thinking has changed is there have been problems like this in the past, right? But it was the summer of this year where they started using this wording of like, you've had a free app on the store for so long and you've been using all our tools and we never, and you you haven't contributed towards the app store. And they keep bringing this out, right? They keep bringing it out for every case. I'm paying you a fee. It's well yep. within my rights to to not pay you anything else because you make it possible for me yeah. to do so. But like they keep, every time there's one of these situations, they keep bringing these... <laughs> this wording out right like yeah i know yeah and so yeah. this was clearly some kind of tone change mm-hmm. and now um, they keep they keep bringing it up all the time and it's it's disconcerting i think a couple more things mm-hmm. um so the the big issue here of course is that um apple doesn't allow developers to offer their own payment systems and i see a lot of people saying, well, this is because Apple wants to keep the security of the platform and they don't want you to submit your payment information elsewhere and they want you to use the secure in-app purchase system. Now, I do agree that in-app purchases are potentially more secure Mm -hmm. and I will tell you more comfortable to use than other things, right? Because all my info is already on file and everything else. But, like, all other types of computers they let you run games and apps that you can just pay for stuff anywhere like there's like this thing called e-commerce which is like an entire industry that's been around for like 30 years and it's fine and people buy stuff online all the time like i don't get like this security scare that some people will like you to convince that it's real yes it's real some people get their credit cards you know stolen and cloned and whatever but like that happens in everyday life as well like it's not like apple is sort of is just suddenly saving you from this thing called 
purchasing goods online. Like people do it all the time. It's not something that that doesn't exist outside of the app store. And second thing, um, I think it's kind of funny how a lot of people appreciate the Mac because in addition to the app store, it lets you install apps from outside sources. Yeah. And this feature of the Mac, Gatekeeper, is often celebrated as one of the most important advantages over iOS and iPadOS. And so sometimes that feature is great, but now when it comes to Apple and Epic, it's not. And I don't get this double standard because either yeah. you think it's a, it's a great feature to have or you don't think it is, or you think it's only convenient to have, it's only great to have when it's convenient to think so. Yeah, I think um, it's about time that the Mac became a console. So... Exactly. So if you follow that logic, either the Mac needs to become a console or yeah. or Gatekeeper needs to come to iOS, which would be about time, right? You think um, about time. That That's what you say on that? Like what? that's something you want. You want to absolutely yes, Absolutely, yes. And uh, like uh, two weeks ago when, when the lawsuit came out, like I started tweeting about like the debate, like this is my, like, my, my basic... My ultimate conclusion is, why doesn't Gatekeeper exist on iOS? Like, it would solve so many problems, and all of this would just go away, and you would have a secure, if you care about security, you would have a secure system that lets you install apps, that lets Apple revoke those apps, and we can argue about that and whether that's fair. We can talk about Gatekeeper, but that's another topic. But that would solve a lot of problems, right? Just like it's a popular and and widely used solution on the Mac made and controlled by Apple, mm -hmm. it would exist on iOS and iPadOS as well. And then I started read so I tweeted that and then I started reading the lawsuit. And sure enough, which by the way, the first few pages of the lawsuit, if you haven't read those, I highly recommend you do, because I really think it that Apple's lawyers, they they uh, that Epic's lawyers, they make a really cogent and and well uh thought of uh, thought out case yeah i've seen a lot of people say that like that is purposeful so this is not how lawsuits are typically written uh to be so clear and the thinking is because they want people to read it like me and you mm -hmm. yeah and understand and it sure enough one of their points is apple already makes a solution for their other computers which is called Gatekeeper, mm -hmm. that lets you install apps from other sources. And we ask that this kind of feature should also exist on iOS and iPadOS. And like you can, you can be, you know, you can get defensive uh, about this whole thing, right? And if you like Apple, we all like Apple. We all buy, you know, if you listen Look, we to the show, like, we love the company. We love right. the company. Yes. We don't like, we love the company. I love my iPhone. I love my iPad. I mean, it's, you know, it made my career possible. Yeah. Um, but some things, Personally, I feel like some teams, some some things you just you gotta feel that they're not right, and I don't feel like this whole saga is. It doesn't feel right for Apple to to go after all these developers and and to take this stance on the whole thing. It it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's the best thing for consumers mm -hmm. to do. To like, why can I not play? Fortnite because Epic wanted me to pay through their own store 
and like and you get upset because then you got you don't get 30%. Well, now what? Now you get a millions of people upset because they don't get to play Fortnite on their iPhones. What's that what, what's the preferable situation? What do you think? Getting you know, that cut from Epic or now having millions of kids upset and angry because their iPhone doesn't get Fortnite anymore. It does feel like a very uh, short-sighted uh, stance to me. Uh, and the right thing to do would just to treat iPhones and iPads like computers with the same respect and the same open mind that you treat Macs um, and stop with this argument that iPhones and iPads are consoles. Uh, it doesn't really make much sense. They are computers. They are essential utilities for people who use them as their primary devices for communications, for phone calls, for emergencies, for work, for entertainment, for all kinds of things in a way that even uh, exceeds what people use regular computers these days. Mm -hmm. Some people use their... A lot of people use their iPhones and iPads uh, with m more and with much more sensitive and important data than they use their laptops. And yet, the laptops get more freedom and more flexibility. And I don't really get it. And I think it's time for this to change. And I think if time will not change this, and if the company itself will not change it, then governments will. And I think it'll come to that eventually. In Ben Thompson's uh, free article... Uh, that went up yesterday called Rethinking the App Store Architectory. Um, he linked to a tweet from Francisco Tomalski, who was on the original iPhone team working on mobile Safari. And Francisco says something which has kind of blew my mind a little bit. Apple's iOS rules would not have allowed for the invention of the web browser. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the follow-up part of that is like think of all the amazing ideas that haven't gotten a chance to be invented because they aren't allowed on mobile devices mosaic happened less than 10 years after the macintosh we very well could have had a browser caliber level invention by now yeah. i mean it's, it's stretching things to a like to quite a, a degree but it's a it's a fantastic point that like an app like safari if if Safari didn't if web browsers didn't exist, you wouldn't be able to have that on iOS. Hmm. And like think of all of everything, right? Like, look, we all have our own opinions on this, and my overriding opinion because really there are two things going on, multiple things going on here. Like monitor, you got the Epic thing, but you've also got like, should Apple be allowed to say which applications can even run on the phone, and if you agree that they can, should they be able to take thirty percent of every transaction, right? Like, and these are all of the different questions. These are going to keep coming up. Like, if you're bored of this topic, like you're in for a long six months, right? Because like it's going, this is the thing now. This is the thing where everyone's going to keep talking about. It was keyboards for a while. We've got this. Uh, I think there is no argument that this is much more important than keyboards. Uh, but nevertheless, here we are. Uh, but my, my feeling, the thing that I keep coming back to is I do not believe that Apple has the right to tell all these businesses how to do business. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. And yeah. I, I just don't think that they have or should have the power to be able to dictate terms to every company on the planet. So, yeah. Nevertheless, yeah. And I, I agree with it. And it's a, 
And it's a shame to think about, all, again, all the uh, ideas and all the apps that could have existed, that could exist uh, without these rules. And again, uh, as far as the Apple community goes, I think the, you know, the arguing that sometimes iPhones are computers, but now they are consoles, I think it's kind of funny. And I think it's, it's a fascinating phenomenon, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are computers. They should be treated like computers. Uh, they already are treated as such by us, but not by the company that makes them, but only when it's convenient to do so. Um, so uh, this is just, you know, I look at this from the outside and I just think that it's a sad story. Like the most, po- arguably, what the, if not, I mean, one of the most popular video games on the planet cannot run on the iPhone right now, cannot be downloaded on the iPhone. Um, and I just think it's sad because of what? Because of, a, of, of being able to purchase game stuff inside the game without using enough purchases. Like that, you look at it from the outside, you try to, insp- to explain that to a friend who doesn't follow Apple blogs and podcasts, and they're going to tell you, but why, though? The game like- <laughs> that was already the most popular game in the world before they launched the iOS version. Yes. But for some reason, Apple now believes that they have an entitlement to 30% of every transaction that goes through the system. Because they, because Epic was able to distribute the binary for that game through the App Store. I mean, thanks! Yeah. Uh sure that entitles you to 30 percent um yeah i just think this is sad and it doesn't again it doesn't feel right some, some things you get a feel for this doesn't feel right it doesn't no. feel that doesn't feel right that apple is going after hay and wordpress and all the other developers that don't have the uh the resources or the following to speak out and to actually say this is what app review told me right so many are just afraid and scared of, you know, the retaliatory behavior that may occur later. And they never tell you the things that happen behind the scenes. And if you're Apple, and if you are a developer evangelist, if you work on this stuff, if you manage the App Store, are you sure you fostered a healthy, competitive, successful environment? Or do you just have a marketplace where, which is dominated by fear, and, you know, by having to follow these rules. Because, you know, these things, they, you know, in the, in the long term, they usually end up with somebody else coming onto the scene and saying, hey, we also have a marketplace for you and we don't have all these problems. Come aboard. And I think it's in your best interest to make sure that you're dev- you keep your developer community happy and not scared and competitive right mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe you know this will not be a problem in a month it will not be a problem in a year but who knows maybe in five years maybe in 10 years this will turn out to be a big mistake i don't know i just feel like if you're managing a store you want to make sure that the the folks who make stuff for the store are happy not turning against you but what do i know i'm not a lawyer so 
This episode of Connected is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander removes the repetition from work so you can focus on what matters most. You can say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember that right thing to say, because when you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, because text expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things that you're typing while still customizing and personalizing your messages. One thing I was talking to uh, my sales manager, Carrie, today, and she was telling me about, like, we have this, like, we have an ad copy, right? Like the one that I'm reading right now. And we have a system that it's put into, which is a web form, and it's got a few fields, and you type in, like, one thing in this field, one thing in this field, and then copy in some text. And Carrie's created these templates that basically she types in a couple of characters, and it fills out the entire field. Because one thing you can have Text Expander do is put in a bunch of text, press tab, put in a bunch of text, press tab, put in a bunch of text. Like you can program all of that kind of stuff into it too. So you can fill out entire text forms from the web in just a couple of clicks or just a, just a couple of keystrokes. Super fantastic, really, really powerful stuff. And it's one of the many reasons that I love Text Expander and we use it here as a team at Relay FM every single day. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere that you type. Take your time back and increase your productivity. Connected listeners get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you can learn about Text Expander right now. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. Air power. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about air power again? We are talking about air power again. Uh, this mostly comes from the fact that Nomad, which is an accessory maker who I believe you are a fan of. I think you have some Nomad products, I, right? I do. I do. I, I have uh, two uh, in my apartment, two wireless uh, Nomad um, wireless charging pads and one that I gave to my mom. So she's also using one. So I think the one that most people have, including you, I think is called the base station, right? Mm. Where it's like, or it may at least have been, it's like something like that. It's, it's, yeah, they have one called the base station, right? Which is a very good looking, like a, like a, just a pad with like a leather, like backing on it, uh, like a, a cover on it. And you put your devices on it and it can charge multiple devices at once, right? That's its thing. And can do a couple and you can put it in a couple of different angles. Well, they have partnered with a company uh, called Era, Era, Ira, A-I-R-A. We'll say Era because that's probably what they're going for. Era. Okay. Who have created a technology called Free Power. And these Free two companies <laughs> <laughs> these two companies have partnered and they've made the base uh, the like the Nomad Base Station Pro. Now, what's interesting about this product is it's basically what we wanted AirPower to be. You put your device down and it will charge it wherever you put it on the mat in whatever orientation and it will take multiple devices at a time, like as many as you can fit on there, basically, like two or three devices. Apparently, I was watching a video that I just made about this. It's really power efficient as well because... Qi charging, when you have something on, it's basically the entire mat is like doing its thing, Right. But with this era technology, it just powers up the area underneath where the device is, which is kind of smart and makes sense, I guess. Um, this product doesn't yet work with the Apple Watch. They don't have one of those little things you can plug in. And also mm. the Apple Watch isn't Qi. 
but apparently nomads say they're work, quote working on a solution for 2021 i don't know what that means either a they're hoping that the apple watch that goes cheap or they they have they're going to work out some kind of like add-on like they have with the regular base station i don't know so this thing is a partnership which means that era mm. could and will use this technology in other products um but it's it's a pretty interesting thing. Like it's doing what we wanted AirPower to mm. do. Um, mm. There was a Bloomberg report about this company and stuff like that, in which it was mentioned uh, by Mark Gurman that Apple is actually apparently still working on a less ambitious charger. Less ambitious, okay. Than AirPower. So less ambitious means you can just place your iPhone and AirPods, but not the Apple Watch. I guess that I don't know what it means, you know. I, well, so here's the thing. Did you see that article from Mac Rumors? Um it was with the with the photos. Yeah, the, it was some screenshots yeah. taken from a video from a a, a a leaker who apparently got their hands on some prototype hardware for air power. Yeah. That looks far too complicated. That looks wild. <laughs> it looks scary with all those chips and coils. Like it looks kind of scary. That looks like super when you compare. Complex. So, like I've seen some imagery of the inside. Like you can see it on on the Nomad website. Actually, the Aero Pad looks yeah complicated, but nowhere near as scary no. looking as exactly. the inside of this apparent airplane. Like prototype. it's just a it's just a bunch of coils, right? It's not like uh, a honeycomb of circuits and mm-hmm. and coils. Like that looks super complex. So less ambitious. I mean. Um, the big problem that Apple faced, I guess, was the promise of placing anywhere and making it work both for Qi devices and the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So something has to give there, right? Either you dump, you cannot place devices anywhere on the pad, but you have like precise zones where you can put them, or it doesn't support the Apple Watch. So it's Qi only, and it's essentially something like the Nomad base station, which I'll tell you, it's fine. It does its job. It could support a wider like area, but it's fine once you get used to it. I place my iPhone on it every night and I place my AirPods on it every day and it's fine. It gets the job done. I feel like a wireless charger, it's not something that you're supposed to love. It's something that it's supposed to work and work easy enough and get out of the way. Like it's not something that needs to be too fancy or like too complex for its own good. It's supposed to be efficient and convenient and disappear in the background. And so every, uh, less ambitious. I mean, if they do one that doesn't support the Apple Watch, but it's like a standalone watch thing, like my Nomad base station has like a standalone watch charger on the side. And that's fine. I can just place... I, would I mean, pre- it's okay. If Apple made a charger, I would prefer them to just, like, not do anything with the Apple Watch. <laughs> like, just, like, whatever. I'll tell you, though, it's nice because when you place it down like that, it supports night- nightstand mode. I know. So you can you can tap the watch and exactly. you can see the time at night. It's like so. a little, like, wart on the side of the yeah. charger. It's kind of like that. So, um, I don't know. Do we know if this era thing as a fan... Remember when I purchased one? Yeah, the one, the terrifying one with the fan in it. With um, the fan, it super thick. It doesn't charger. look like it from their photos. It doesn't seem like it does. Um, 
and I guess the power efficiency of this one, if it is truly more power efficient, like they say, would mean that maybe it wouldn't need a fan as such because it's not like putting out so much energy like that one that you bought. What was that called? Do you remember? I don't remember. It had some crazy name. It, it, uh, and it had like the clear top to it. You could get that version mm-hmm. as well where you could look at all the terrifying coils. What was something. it called? We talked about it. We've spoken um, about it many times. Maybe the Discord will come up with an answer for us. But this uh, Base Station Pro costs $230. Okay. okay. Seems like a lot of money for a charger. It's, it's not cheap. <laughs> so like when I saw it, I was like... Can't you buy a Nintendo Switch with that amount of money? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like when I when I saw it, like I watched the iJustine video about it. It was the first thing, and then saw all the articles about it. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I might get one of these. Put it in my studio. Like it's like a useful thing. Uh, you know, you can throw the occasional thing on there to charge, like whatever. And then I was like, I don't want it two hundred and thirty dollars a minute. Like that's not. I don't want that. Like. I'll see if people like it and then hope that they have a future product where it's a bit cheaper. Like, I don't want to pay $230 for a charger for my iPhone. Yeah, but in the the Discord, they're saying if it had the Apple logo on it, you you would actually get it right away. And that's the issue, right? No, I wouldn't. we're suckers like that because I, mean, I, I don't I think I, I would have bought an air power mat either. Like, but if it was two, if Apple made it and it was two hundred and thirty dollars, I still wouldn't buy it because I, I don't want that type well, of product so much. I uh, honestly, I gotta tell you that I would, but there, there's a reason for that. It's because I know that if I get the Apple version, it's gonna support that kind of system integration that I don't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, why would you buy AirPods? over other wireless earbuds that maybe cost even less. And that's exactly the reason why, because with AirPods, I get to use system integrations like um, Siri, for example, or like now the multi-device pairing and the charging notifications in iOS 14, all that stuff I don't get with with third-party wireless earbuds. So that's why sometimes uh, I like to pay more for the Apple version, because that's part of the the part of the reason why we love Apple products. It's that kind of integration between different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that amount of money for a third party accessory that does not likely does not integrate as well. I you know it's a bit much. It's a bit much. So um, uh, yeah, I honestly though I don't have um, I don't have a lot of feelings about wireless chargers. Like I feel like. Air power has become one of those things that we remember fondly only because of, of its demise and because of the whole saga. Like, we care about air power more because of the whole story than the actual product itself. And in fact, I think that most people wouldn't actually care about air power. Like, we like to talk about it and to discuss it because it's a fun, weird story. Remember all the times where air power could be spotted in like instruction manuals or apple.com like mm-hmm. that was fun it was fun to dig around and and predict is it coming out or not but actually it's just a charger you know it's not like a new iphone it's not like uh i mean headphones are more exciting than air power where are the headphones give me the headphones i will tell you mike that just this morning I came this close, and you cannot see me, but I'm 
pinching my fingers. I can imagine you, you were showing a small, like you were yes. like, you know, have your arms it, like far, far apart. <laughs> I was yes. this close. I, was no, this I imagined close. it was a finger type thing. To clicking the buy button on Amazon.com for the new Sony headphones. I've thought about it too. The MKBHD video really yeah. made me want them. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they look really I, good. I have the previous ones, but I really love two features uh, of the new model, uh, the multi-device pairing and the wear detection. So when you when you uh, remove your headphones from your ears, music stops. Mm-hmm. That's something that I really want. Incidentally, that's also something that Apple is rumored to be working on, um, the wear, uh, automatic wear detection. Uh, and I saw that these headphones are not available on Amazon Italy, but Amazon.com is shipping to Italy. Mm. And I was right there. And then I thought, well, what if the new AirPods Studio come out in like a couple of weeks? Headpods. Headpods, AirPods Studio, whatever. Um, and so I, I, I was able to stop myself from doing that. Um, but I may not have the same willpower in a couple of days. We'll see. Or if I have one too many drinks, one dinner. I don't know. I you, really you want them. them. I really want them. But so far, I'm being a good boy and mm. and being patient. Mm. I really want, I really want some over ear headphones made by Apple. I really mm. want those because mm. I love my AirPods Pro so much. And if they can give me that experience with like even better noise canceling or whatever, like I'm I'm in. Because like here's one of the things that has stopped me with the Sony's is I've I never liked uh, noise cancellation until I tried the AirPods. Every other noise cancellation product that I tried mm. made me feel kind of uneasy. Yeah, and so like it's very possible that like if Apple's over ear headphones, might, if they're more aggressive, like I might not like it. Mm. So we'll have to see on that one. Um, but it it makes me hesitant. It's like another reason I'm hesitant to like to get another product in case I end up not liking not liking that. Where I feel like I maybe have more of a chance of liking Apple's interpretation on over-ear headphones because they're the only ones that I've ever found mm-hmm. comfortable before. So we'll see. But I, yeah, I really want that product. Yeah, so um, we, don't, we haven't heard any new rumors lately. Right? No. Just no, it's kind of where we left it of like it's a product that's coming and coming this year is what all the rumors say. Okay. But who knows anymore, man? It's going to be an expensive fall i guess yeah like if you are as you as a person going to catch them all you could be looking at like a wireless charger Uh some over ear headphones okay an iphone potentially an ipad pro and a new mac yeah, it's a lot of money. Yep. It's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of different things. And I mean, for sure, I will get the charger and the headphones and the phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm already staring down at like 2,000 mm-hmm. euros at the mm-hmm. very least. Uh, fun times. This is what we do with the money that we saved by not going to the BBDC. That is a very good excuse that I will reuse at home. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've been thinking about that. Like the money that I had set aside to travel this year like to go to San Jose, will more than pay for the devices right. that I buy later on in the year. Right. 
You could even argue that you could buy two iPhones with that money. I mean, I don't know why you would need to make that argument, but like you could make that argument. But it could be made. It's like an argument right. that could be made. You could make oh. it, yes. I mean, you could also <laughs> make the argument you could buy 10 sets of AirPods. Like, these are arguments you can make, but you don't need to make them unless there is a reason that you feel you need two iPhones. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, does Adina still leave AirPods randomly around the house? Everywhere. Oh, my God. And she has two you sets. You need to do something about this. I don't know if I told you the story, but Adina lost her AirPods because she lost her bag. And okay. so I am a good husband. And I was like, there's no way that I will let you go back to your old AirPods. Adina is currently listening to the live stream, by the way. So okay. she's, she's now uh, upset in the Discord that I'm telling this story. <laughs> so I was like, I am a good husband and I will not allow you to go back to regular AirPods after experiencing AirPods Pro because we both really value the the noise cancellation because when someone's sure. doing something loud in the house, you can just like tune them out, right? And you're in your own world. So I was like, I will buy you some more AirPods Pro. Some more? <laughs> like, okay, another set. <laughs> I will buy you a plethora of AirPods Pro. <laughs> so I bought her another pair of AirPods Pro. Then oh, no. we were out, basically <laughs> she lost her bag in a restaurant and it was handed in at the restaurant and she went to get it and nobody had taken the AirPods out, which I will never understand in my life why somebody didn't steal the AirPods when they handed it in, but I'm very thankful that they didn't. So she now has two pairs of AirPods Pro. Okay. But what that okay. means is that there are two cases and four AirPods oh, no. that can just find themselves anywhere in the house, just like oh, no. anywhere at all times. I am not kidding you. I woke up two days ago from bed. <laughs> I sat up and one of her AirPods fell off my stomach. This is the kind of life that I'm living. They're everywhere. They're everywhere in the house. They're like bugs. Yeah, they're they're just, I'm like swatting them away from me at all times. They're just like, they can be anywhere at all times. And when so when we come to the studio, which is where I am now, she brings both sets with her, which I don't fully understand. But I think it's the idea of that because there's no real management of the AirPods Pro, they could have right. any level of battery life. So if she takes one set, she's going to take both sets because who knows where right. they are or what's in what or what combination they are. So... Just, I I do I am fascinated by this um, sort of a hippie AirPods lifestyle. Yeah, uh, it's it's very fascinating to me to just leave them out randomly, just anywhere they could be. Having two pairs, like it's it's um very interesting behavior. Uh, I am sorry, Mike, that you need to you know <laughs> waking waking up to AirPods falling on top of you um, that that one was particularly hilarious uh also now they're they're physically on me now they're, they're not just, <laughs> just raining down they're not just you. around the house uh they're, they're everywhere uh airpods uh, so i'm using I, I don't know if i told you uh, i've been using the comply foam tips the official ones uh for the past i got those and tried okay. them once and wasn't that keen on it Okay, interesting. So I am liking them. I've okay. been using them for the past month. Almost, yeah, it's been about a month. Um, I like them. They do what I expected them to do. But one of them is already kind of sort of falling apart, mm. the foam. And I, That was I part mean, of what, like, I opened them. I tried them, and I immediately thought, these are going to get... 
incredibly gross, incredibly fast, and I don't think I want that in my life. Uh, yeah, I've been try- like I've been taking good care of them. I've been cleaning them every day. Hmm. I mean, I have other um, foam tapes on my other um, in ear mm. uh, um What's it called? The, the Sony one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your wild Sony ones, right? Yeah, the yeah. in-ear Sony earbuds, which are like not earbuds. That, but anyway, that's are they a, the balanced ones. Uh, so those are the headphones, but oh, I also okay. have the balanced earbuds. Right. It's okay. like yeah, they're made of silver. It's like a whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do know my way around the foam tip, is what I'm saying. And these ones for the Air, uh, AirPods Pro, they are deteriorating faster than usual compared to other foam tips. So I don't know. Maybe it's the taking them out of the case every day that doesn't help, you know, with the friction and everything. I don't know. Um, but I like them, which is well, a shame. Well, I mean, so, it makes sense, though, that, that a foam would degrade faster yes. than a silicone rubber. Yeah. Right. But I think also the fact that I'm like you touch AirPods a lot, right? When you take them out of the case, put them back into the case. Like they are, I don't know, they just feel like an object that goes through more friction than normal. And because of that, I feel the foam is degrading more quickly than usual because of that. Because I, I am like I am managing them more, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I like them. So what I will probably end up doing is continuing to buy more sets over time because they mm. I do prefer the way that they fit my ears uh, better than the silicone uh, ones. Well, so I have some extra gonna... sets if you want them. <laughs> I just sent them to you. Are they used? No. <laughs> okay. No, because I also uh, bought the wrong size at first and then bought ah, the right yes, size. Ah, yes, yes. You, you do these things. But you never do use things. the right size you once. Do these things. They're just in yeah. the boxes. Otherwise, I will just get a Comply subscription. I don't know. Is there something like Club Comply that I can subscribe to and get my... You, you should know, contact them about that. I will become a happy subscriber. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've been using them. Uh, however, I don't leave them around the house. I'll tell you that much uh, that I don't do. Because you're a civilized individual. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content? You could stumble across this problem by luck. Somebody could send you an email. You could maybe get a text or a tweet. That's no good. You want a reliable system. You want something that's going to tell you when everything's running smoothly on your website and more importantly, when it isn't, you need Pingdom. Pingdom detect more than 400,000 outages every single day across the web. They help keep your sites and the sites that you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you want alerts about critical website issues, and Pingdom will also let you customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of an outage, so the right person and the right team can get to work to fix the issue if there is one. Plus, Pingdom will also track and analyze your website's load time, and they can send you reports on that as well, so you can know how well your website is fared on a weekly basis. I really like getting those reports from Pingdom for the FM website. If you have a site of any size you need pingdom they have a no fuss approach to get started all you need to do is give them the url that you want to monitor and they'll take care of everything else go to pingdom.com slash relay fm right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required then when you sign up use the code connected at checkout to get a huge 30 percent off your first invoice our thanks to pingdom from solar winds for their support of this show and relay fm 
So, surprise, uh, beta 6 hmm. of iOS 14 uh, dropped, I think it was yesterday. Um, but we only had beta 5 last week. That that huh. was a surprise to me. Well, is it a surprise, though? Well, it was to me. I mean, you can give uh-huh. me your statistics and your your information that you have, but I was hmm. at least surprised. I have been doing my research, and here I am bringing you hot facts from the oh internet. My. Michael. Um, So, obviously, because of the review that I'm writing, as like every year, I need to get a sense of where we're at in terms of schedule and beta releases. So, uh, while I was at the beach, I did this very useful research on previous schedules and beta releases for older versions of iOS. And specifically, I took a look at last year and the year before as a sort of point of reference. So today, in tw- so right now in 2020, we are basically almost uh, 20 days, uh, 18 days to be exact. We're tracking 18 days behind last year's beta schedule. Not a surprise if you consider that WWDC was also almost... 20 days later than usual this time. Um, Mm. So, for example, uh, beta... So, last year, iOS 13, beta 5 was the last one to come out after two weeks since the previous beta. In iOS... uh, In 2019, iOS 13 beta 6 came out a week after beta 5. It was the first beta to switch to the weekly release schedule, and it came out on, I believe, August 7th, 2019. So I I was taking a look at at this year's calendar, and I thought, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to release beta 6 today. And if they do, this is going to be the one that switches to a weekly release cycle. Where do you have this recorded? Ha! So, well, there's this (laughs) thing called Google, first of all. That ah, lets you okay. Google old articles. But mm. no, seriously, there's this excellent, really, really, really excellent website right. uh, made by uh, good friend Will Haynes, thinkybits.com. Will put together years ago um, an, a page called iOS version release date oh, histories. Yeah, it's very nice. And you can see here's the other hot fact for you, Mike. In recent so? years, all new, major new versions, so the Poino version of iOS, with the exception of iOS 10, but we all know that iOS 10 was boring. Um, all of them. <laughs> Do we? Is that a thing we all, we all know? know? Come on, we all know it. What Come was on, so boring let... about it? Exactly. You don't even remember. No, like, what? Okay, but like, all right. What, what did, what? <laughs> okay, I get your point. All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, it was okay, but it was, you know, the iMessage app store, that kind of stuff. Oh, was that the Apple Music year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Drake that one was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad So, yeah. all, here's, a, here's the number that you're, that you're seeking. Um, all recent versions of iOS have been in beta for at least 100 days. Okay? Beta for at least 100 days before the GM release. And if you consider that WWDC was on June 22nd, 2020, 100 days from that date would be, go take a look, Wednesday, September 30th. 
So I've been writing, and I, God, I really hope I'm right, because otherwise, honestly, I'm screwed. Um, I've been writing with the assumption that we will see a GM at the very least toward the end of September. So here's my, my I want to throw a, a mic-shaped spanner in, into the works here. Mm-hmm. This is presuming that the life cycle is tied to WWDC and not just the calendar, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is presuming that. And I I would expect we're probably going to be somewhere in the middle of those two dates. That's what I would assume. Presuming that just because everything is late this year. Yeah, so things are things are late, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, but it doesn't mean that Apple started the process of refining 14 the day after WWDC, right? Like they may have been sure. doing it from the same time that they always would just WWDC was late. Sure. But I'm here to tell you that if they launch iOS 14 in mid-September, I will not be ready. So And that's and the reason you're not ready is because you started late, right? Like that's the, the yeah. reason. Okay. Yes, yes. Because I didn't ha- because unlike Apple, I didn't have access to iOS 14 before WWDC. Cowards. So yeah, I mean, come on, jeez. Cowards. Not giving me not giving me that sweet, sweet leaked version. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um yeah, so uh, I I would hope, slash I would presume that um the GM we're going to see toward the end of September and for release in the first two weeks of October. Mm-hmm. And now, it would uh, this theory would go quite well um, with the fact that we know Apple said the new iPhones will come out a few weeks later than usual. I've been thinking, I've been discussing with... I will tell you that I've been discussing this with my girlfriend and my friends. Like, I, I, I let them into the conversation on this stuff. Like, what do you think a few weeks means? Because a few weeks to me is more than a couple, but it's less than a month, right? Uh, I think it works the same way in both English and Italian. Like, to me, a few weeks is not two it could be three or four, but no more than four. And if you consider the few weeks for the new phones would be like, what, add uh, three weeks to mid-September, that would be, in fact, of something like October 7 or October 10. So I don't know. But this is the schedule that I have in mind. When you consider all these numbers and the things that Apple said, that the phones would come out a few weeks, again, not a couple, not months, but a few weeks later than usual, I think it would line everything would line up quite nicely for things happening uh, in the first two weeks of October. Now, all of this could be wrong, right? And I would be screwed big time. <laughs> but again, uh, it's something that over the course of the summer I've come to accept. Like this is my schedule, right? I was able to start testing iOS. In, on June 22nd, not on June 5th or something. And this is how much it takes me to work on this stuff. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I assume we're going to get Beta 7 next week. If we don't get Beta 7 next week, that is going to be a very good sign. If there's going to be like uh, two weeks between Beta 6 and 7, I don't think it will be the case. I think... W- from now on, we are going to continue seeing weekly beta releases. And I mean, personally, like if I would be Apple, I wouldn't rush this, especially considering the mess 
that the iOS 13 rollout was last year. So honestly, I see no reason to put this out any earlier than necessary. But it's also in my own personal interest. So You're I'm really biased. ever so slightly biased. I am, yes, to an extent, but also you cannot deny that I make a good point. I don't want to deny it, even if you know, like, I, I don't, I don't want to deny it, but I also don't want to, in case you get angry at me, if I was to deny. No, it. I will not get. Like I've really, I have come to terms with the reality that if my timeline is incorrect, uh, I will not be ready, and it's just what it is. Right? As they say, it is what it is, and uh, yeah, so. But I really think I'm right, also. Okay, good. Uh, yes. There are a couple of... Um, oh, uh, real-time follow-up. We passed $25,000 raised hey, uh, for St. Jude, nice. which is fantastic. Thank you so much to everybody that continues to donate at stjude.org slash relay. So now in the show notes at this point in the episode will be the the video of Stephen identifying laptops by feel uh, with the help of Mary Hackett providing the laptops for him to feel. Honey, get the blindfold. We're going to touch some computers. Wow. That's what Steven does. You know, like that's an actual conversation that has to happen in the house. It, right? it, exactly in these terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing to think about. Really, it's wild <laughs> that he would say it that way, but that is the way he says it. You know? That is literally what, what, what happened. Verbatim, uh, 100% the way it was said. Honey, get the blindfold. We're going to touch some computers. <laughs> Uh, there are a couple of things that I noted um, from various articles about things that have been added in this beta. Uh, one of them, which was interesting, and it's kind of weird when you see this stuff, it's like, why is this here and why now? Uh, a shortcut to switch Apple TV user account. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, well, I'm making fun of it, but uh, I actually did have to do this myself manually yesterday. Useful. I mean, like, I can imagine this slotting quite nicely into, like, a, a, a evening shortcut or a morning shortcut to go between, like, kids and adults content, yeah. you know, like on the, on the Apple TV. So. Yeah. You know what my other account was named? It's very easy to guess. On the Apple TV. Well, you had two accounts. One of them is Federico. And the other? I don't know. Imagine how the system would name it by default. Oh, like... Federico parenthesis one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like current user Federico. It's like because I have the tvOS beta now, right? And you get, the, um, you get a notification when you wake up the TV on the, in the upper right corner of the TV. You get an alert that gives you like uh, sort of like a welcome and tells you the user, the profile that you're currently logged in as. Yeah. And he kept saying, welcome, Federico One. It's like, wow. <laughs> you're the one. Well, like, Why the one? Uh, and then I realized, oh, uh, it probably messed up with my accounts because I have an Italian account and an American account. And that, mm. that was exactly what it was. So now I can use the shortcut um, to switch between my accounts. But do you, I also do you want to switch? Oh, it. you need to switch between them to get your Italian bought content and your American bought content, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, okay. sometimes I do need to do that. Um, also, if you remember, in the last beta, they added the uh, so on the time picker, they added the ability to swipe up and down to to use the kind of old style uh, navigation for the time picker, but 
in the in the to use the old style in the new way basically mm-hmm. and they've now added a kind of visual indicator to show that there are numbers above and below the yeah. time picker i think this is a really nice and they've landed on mm-hmm. i think a really nice middle ground between these two it's very nice and they have the color um stroke around it which yeah. i think it's a really nice touch and of course it takes on the accent color of the app that you're using so it's like orange in in the clock app and it's red in calendar so really really nicely done i think this is a very nice middle ground compared to the to the previous one uh really nicely done i also saw that um this must be like a web kit thing but now if you're on a website that uses a date picker you don't see the, the like the web date picker anymore but you see the native ios date picker mm. sort of like when you upload the photo and you get the custom iOS That's picker. good, actually, because a lot of the, the, the web-based date pickers, they, like, scroll beneath the keyboard. Yeah, they're like, awful. They're, they're always awful. such a pain. <laughs> yes, yes. And I saw that uh, now it, like, pops up in the middle of the screen and you can actually pick a date. It's very nicely done. The date picker is... I It, it has really grown on me. It's one and of now, my favorite things about iOS 14, without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Like yeah. because I can tap on the date and do the th- and like I just type in the time. I like to and do you can that. Switch, and you can switch months with, with the yeah. arrows. Really well. Really it's well so done. good, especially like uh, for using date picking and shortcuts. Yes. Right. Yes. You can do all of that anywhere in the system. Like I really, really like it. Yeah, agreed. Um, aside from the timeline causing mm-hmm. stress and stuff, how is the review coming along? Mm. Um, like, how do you feel about it now compared to how you felt about it in previous years in the same same process? I feel good about it. I think it's I think it's fun um, because I've been able to to include a lot of uh, third party examples, uh, especially for widgets and um, and on on iPad uh, for the sidebars and and the three column layouts. I think it like those parts are super fun to write to be able to like have that mix of mm. technical talk that I do have this time, especially for the three column stuff, but it's not too technical. And accompanying that that technical discussion is like the actual example. So like that sort of flow of I'm explaining a technical thing, but then I'm also showing you what that means in practice, that I think is very fun. And um, the rest of the review, I think it's I think it's slightly different than usual in that for the pa- for the past couple of years, I've always had this big like shortcuts chapter with a lot of examples, and I feel like this time uh, um, it's gonna be different because I'm struggling to come out with new shortcuts because the new shortcuts that I will be making, I will make those I will make those, but they will be based on third party actions because there 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 aren't that many new system actions that i can take advantage of and i've already made so many shortcuts with those default actions yes i will make some for the new like apple tv stuff and uh, the new workout stuff but really the big changes in shortcuts this year are all about automations and also how you interact with the shortcuts and also how you use shortcuts which is what i'm writing about uh, and so automations I cannot share because you cannot share automations with with a link with somebody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's I think it's more fun to show like here's what a shortcut looked like before and here's what it looks like now. Um, so I think 
while I'm a bit stressed because of the schedule and because I'm when I think about it I'm like uh, boy I'm I'm cutting it closer than I would like to be right now but also if you subtract if you subtract those 20 days it's sometimes I think about it I'm like it's not really August 26 no. it's still August 6 because August you know, 26th on a usual year, you're like approaching the, the, I'm, the, the I'm end. I'm wrapping up, right? Yeah. I'm wrapping up. I'm like already going through the editing. Yeah, like you I'll, would have the review written by now and you would be like in a sense of like all of the chapters are done. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just a case of like asterisks around the ones where things might change still. Exactly. And then let's start editing. Exactly. So, uh, and I'm not at that point no. right now. Uh, but again, we're also on a different schedule and everything. So sometimes I think about it and when I look at the date in isolation, I'm like, man, that's super bad. It's like already September. But then I think about it, I'm like, there's no way this launches in two weeks. So that makes me feel better. Hmm. Um, and otherwise, I think it's, as I mentioned, it's going to be a, a, a slimmer review, a more approachable tone overall, I would say. Um, uh, Lots of examples, which is fun. Lots of design talk, which was challenging, but also fun because I do love to document like the design evolution of iOS. Less about shortcuts, more about design and iPad. Um, and obviously, uh, you, you may have seen like the preview series that we're doing on Mac Stories. Um, Ryan and John and Alex also this week, they're writing about stuff about iOS um, 14 and iPadOS that I will not include in my review. So it's something that we started doing last year and that we are continuing and expanding on this year, like taking these stories and these apps that maybe I'm not interested in or maybe I actually cannot use, like maps, and have the team do stories about that during the summer. So um, stuff like maps, and uh, wind down um, or game controllers, we're going to have standalone stories. I will not have to take care of that in the review. I assume John will write the game controllers part because John has 100 game controllers. Oh, it's that easy to guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will. Um, so there's going to be that. And in my review, I will link back to those stories. But otherwise, like excluding the date, the timeline schedule stuff, I feel pretty good about it. I think it's good. I think it's got a nice, friendly tone with the technical talk sprinkled on top here and there. And uh, it's it's a bit unfortunate. I would have liked more. I would have liked more sh new shortcut actions. Mm. That that I would have liked. But instead, I also think like this is the year where shortcuts. It's more about the experience of using shortcuts, yes. right? Uh, so the stuff that we've been requesting for years, like folders and the sidebar and uh, more interactivity on the home screen, so the widgets, like I will take and copy and paste for actions, like I will take that stuff. Yeah, it's like, look, look, here's the thing. It's fine. There might not be a lot of new actions, but we had wish lists. Yes. And we got most of the things on the wish list. Yes, Like exactly. that's about as good as you could hope for. Exactly. And honestly, like you say, like a lot of the stuff for that will be in um, third party stuff. So you'll have stories to write later on in the year. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I can, you know, write about my shortcuts and the more advanced stuff later. And uh, something that I'm really enjoying doing right now, which I will consider, I guess, as part of the, you know, all the things surrounding the review is this custom widgets 
that I'm making uh, with Scriptable. So mm. this, the, all these custom things that I'm designing, you may have seen like on Twitter, I've shared like a NASA widget that I've made and I have another for reminders. Like I'm really enjoying this idea of like programming and designing my own widgets with Scriptable. Um, so that's something that I've been doing on the side. And that probably if, if, if I make some, and I have some more ideas, right? Uh, like I've been thinking like stuff for Toggle for example, to have like fancier uh, toggle reports that update every few oh, minutes. that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about like RSS. Like there's a bunch of things that I could do with custom widgets. So that's what I've been also building on the side. Uh, otherwise, yeah, feeling pretty good about it. Uh, the setup with IA Writer and MindNode is working fine. Um, yeah, the, the, the big question looming over this entire thing is the schedule but uh i'm just look i'm i'm trying to be i'm i'm trying to be more hippie myself to an extent yeah. like i'm trying to go with the flow and accept the realities out of my control you know all that kind of stuff like uh it's very much unlike me but i'm trying to because i think it's good for my stress levels so yeah well look at the end of the day <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? It's incredibly unlikely that they're go- like incredibly unlikely. Look, this is not launching in two weeks, okay? This well, what I was going to say that they're just going to drop it randomly. In fact, they can't. You're always going to get at least one week's notice. Exactly. And then how so, you deal with that? Worst you know. case scenario, I will get a one week notice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's going to happen in that week? I don't want to think about. But that, that's the worst case scenario. If you want to find show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 309. You can find us online in a bunch of places. Go to maxstories.net and you can find Federico's at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And I already said about a show that you should listen to. It's called Remaster. I said that one earlier, so no one's going to throw me off this time. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, if you want to give support for Stephen and his plumbing problems, just send him a tweet saying, I support you, Stephen. And then also send your favorite plumbing-related emoji. But the most important support that you can give at this time is to go to stjude.org slash relay and donate to help us uh, support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital so we can help put an end to childhood cancer during childhood cancer awareness month it's a really important charity it means a lot to us and especially on this show you know like mm-hmm. we've all been touched by cancer in our own ways and so uh it means a lot to us right yeah um, yes this charity yes. means an awful lot to us uh, so yeah uh, thank you so much to Smile and Pingdom for their support of this week's episode um, and thank you to our members as well if you would like to become a member and support this show go to getconnectedpro.co and you will be able to get your hands on an ad free version of the show with additional content to boot and uh, you also get the ASMR special that we did mm-hmm which uh, people seem to have been equally pleased with and horrified over, which is exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> that's the kind of reaction that you're going to get with that yep. kind of content. That's, yes. That is, that's about it. Uh, until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. Cheerio.